Welcome to Oddly On Air, where we expand teaching and learning perspectives by connecting theory and practice through conversations with expert Westchester University faculty and members of the Office of Digital Learning and Innovation. And now, to our hosts. Hi, everyone. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Pauline Schmidt and Dr. Matthew Kruger-Ross about a podcast assignment in one of their co-taught courses and how they've become hosts of their very own podcast. I'm Madison Steinbrenner, an instructional designer with ODLI, and I'm really looking forward to speaking with some fellow podcasters today. My co-host today is Dr. Tom Pantazis, also an instructional designer with the Office of Digital Learning and Innovation. So today should be a pretty fun episode. As I mentioned, Pauline and Matthew are hosts of their own podcast as well. Um, Can you tell us a bit about yourselves and your podcast? Sure. So I'm Pauline Schmidt. I'm a professor of English education here at Westchester and the director of the Westchester Writing Project. I'm a former high school English teacher, and now I work with our undergrads and grad students who go on to teach at the middle school and high school level. Um, Matthew? And I am Matthew Kruger-Ross, and I am technically, I'm an associate professor of educational leadership. I've just transitioned to a new department. Um, previously, I was educational technology, but now I'm in this in this new department. I primarily these days work with graduate students who are doing their principalship or their superintendency and also the doctorate. Um, but really, the story of our podcast is a story of two things. It's a story of us co-teaching together and, in addition, uh, basically the chronicle of like our relationship or friendship, I guess I should say. We've been doing this seven years now, which makes us old. That's but as long as bit. I've been yeah. here at Westchester. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we taught the class in 2017 for the first time. It was uh, it was called WRH325. Um, it will have a new iteration in the secondary ed program um, called SED300. And we inherited a syllabus that had a podcast assignment on it. And one of the things that we realized that very first semester was that it was just a general get together in a group, collaborate, create a podcast. Um, and so we had some students, you know, interviewing other people and, you know, asking what's the difference between a commuter student and someone who um, lives on campus? What are some of the ghost stories on campus? Um, you know, then we had a couple groups that went in a different direction, like where are the bars that you can get into under age 21? And so by the end of that semester, we had envisioned that they would put all the artifacts from the course into a digital portfolio, and that's when we realized, uh uh-oh, that podcast assignment needs a little more academic appropriate guidance for the students. Which is where we got, then we came with the idea, we met and talked over the summer, I think it was, uh, to talk about how do we rethink this assignment, and we wanted to do rethinking our assignments in the class as a whole to make them all sort of hang together and make more sense together. And that's where we thought, wait a minute, what if we flip the script and we're the ones who have a podcast and we invite them on to be interviewed and to be to, right, to be participants. And so from there it was like, whoa, we have to completely rethink this. It, it changed the, the assignment itself that we did. It changed the readings in the class. Like half the class is now organized around the readings they do in these groups 
that one of the assignments is a podcast. They but I think there was the, I think the second time we taught it, we only, we put them in groups and they, and they did a podcast about a book. And then we had them come in. We but then we realized like even without, even in the group with the content focused mm-hmm. on the secondary English classroom, they still weren't getting to where we wanted them to go in their conversations. Because yeah, the goal of the podcast is not to just get in a room and hit record on a voice memo or to do, right? It's to how do you can use, and this is our research in our book, how do you use new technologies and how does that change how we understand literacies, right? And we often think of literacy as just opening up a book and write the things we do with our eyes, mm-hmm. but we forget and, and new technologies have made this possible to use our ears. And one of the ways we can read or we can be literate is yes, with audiobooks, but also with podcasts. So we wanted to make the podcast assignment meaningful, right? Not just Going through the motions to say, oh, we had our students learn how to make a podcast and then they can figure out how to do it eventually with their future students. Yeah, so that second spring, because our our course only runs in the spring, that second spring we did book pairings. And I I just remember listening to the audio file um, where they were comparing Lord of the Flies to Beauty Queens. And they're essentially similar storylines. Lord of the Flies is you know, all the boys on an airplane, Beauty Queens is all girls, um, and some non-binary characters on an airplane. And it wasn't until like minute 18 of 20 where someone in the group said, maybe gender had something to do with this. And we were just like, oh, come on, you know. Um, So then I think that's when we were like, okay, the book club groups work and give them the content, but they still need sort of that us scaffolding and like us prompting the questions and us sort of adding that structure. So then it wasn't until the third year that we were like, let's make a podcast. And then they'll, you know, then, you know, what Matthew said, then they'll come to us, we'll do the interview. They manage through all of, you know, the technical aspect of editing it. And we, when we teach, when I teach it, that part of it, I mirror it with the writing process, how you do a rough draft and you have all this data and then, you know, you cut or you splice or you move things around, copy and paste. And then Matthew, of course, is the technical expert to show them specifically how to use the software to, to do that. And we've just, I think we have one more episode from the spring to drop because we, we, we do all of the, the collection of the audio and then it takes me over the summer. To, to compile everything and then release them. We've got one more. So this last year we did... Macbeth. Macbeth. And we had them organized into groups for each act. So I think it's Act 5 who needs to drop. Trap. Yeah, and then that's... And that will close out that That semester. will close yes. out that series. Just exactly. in time here to get yeah. ready for... <laughs> exactly. <what's next. laughs> yeah. Exactly. So it sounds like it took three iterations... At least. ...for y'all to kind of work towards mm-hmm. what it needs to... Not what it needs to be, but what you were envisioning mm-hmm. and what you hope to get to. Yeah, you have to be willing to... Like you start with a goal and then you say, okay, we're going to do this. And then in the middle of doing that, you go, ooh, there was, yep, there was one piece we forgot. Here's, okay, here's another. When we, got, when we thought we had it figured out, we realized, so we had the, Pauline mentioned the book pairings. So the first or. And first, that comes, and I think that, you know, we always credit Mary Steislinger, oh, her yeah. workshop in the canon text. Um, you know, we didn't, we didn't come up we with that idea. It. That was an idea that we lifted out of her and said, okay, she's talking about it in the classrooms, but what if we have them read that way and then make the podcast? But think about a normal class where a professor or secondary education teacher, right, because that's what we're preparing, Mm -hmm. picks the same group of books to read. Okay, what happens if every year we read the same books? Then every year we're going to have the same 
podcast episodes. You can't have a podcast where you have the same books being discussed. Mm -hmm. So then all of a sudden we had to change our texts for the class. So every year it becomes a different theme. So this last one was the Macbeth. The year before was Hamlet. Was Hamlet. The year before was Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, and then with different pairings. Right, and different sort of configurations. Yeah. So, again, something that we learned after every iter- iteration, we were like, all right, let's go. We don't have to replan everything. We've got this. And then we were like, oh, shoot. No, we do have to. Yeah, we, we do we have, have to. Re- we have to this. rethink the content. We, we had, once we got the format, then we had to just yeah. figure out how to switch up the content okay. every semester. Well, I'm off script here already. But okay. So do you ever envision yourselves going back? In that, because you just named three Shakespeare texts. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think you'll hit a point where it's like, okay, the students have, changed enough that we're going to go back and start again yes. with you do think well with the new iteration of our class our sed 300 will be taught to all of our secondary ed majors english math science and social studies okay. so right off the bat we know that our texts will have to become more um, interdisciplinary non-fiction possibly we've we already have sort of a, a working list of things that we would have the students collaborate on so even we, we do know that that will change when we get to teach that class yeah, for once the first we learned, time. Once we learned that lesson, it was like, we're not going to make the same mistake again. <laughs> yeah. like we've, got, yeah. we've got pathways. Yeah. Right? yeah. All right. So another piece that you mentioned there was Mary, how did you say that? Steislinger. Steislinger's Workshopping the Canon. Mm-hmm. And uh, it looks like y'all wrote an article for NCTE mm-hmm. where you described how that helped shape your podcast assignment. Um so can you speak a little more on that? And before you do that, I just want to throw that in there because this is uh, research slash journal article. So we want to just highlight that. So go ahead. Speak a little more about Mary's workshop in the canon. Sure. So I actually received the manuscript to review before it was published. And I, coming out of secondary English and knowing that when I'm supervising student teachers, I'm still seeing so many schools adhere to the canon and, you know, teach the dead white guys. What I loved about her book is that she acknowledges that, but she says, but what if we also, you know, take these canonical texts, but pair um, a YA book or a poem or a short story? So she had this awesome appendix um, that actually is what, where we pulled some of our ideas for content Um And it was just arranged in a way that I felt like it could push our pre-service teachers that, you know, even if they do go to student teach and someone says, here's our very traditional um, curriculum that you're going to cover, that they would still be able to find ways to modernize it, interrogate it, disrupt, you know, ask questions. Um, And so I thought, well, there's not a lot of room in the other courses uh, where the students would get this. Uh, you know, they do take a you know teaching English course, they take a teaching writing course, but I thought, well, this is one other way to sort of dip their toe into examining curriculum in 2022, you know, 2021, whatever year we were teaching, um, but in sort of a, a new lens, right? A, a modern, you know, what can we get out of Hamlet, but what can we also get out of examining a, a YA text that might also examine a similar theme or a poem or, you know, looking at the character of Ophelia, et cetera. So, yeah. So as soon as I had that manuscript, I think I might've texted Matthew and said, I feel like, you know, I'm going to recommend that this book get published, but also I think there's something here that we can use for our course. And it seems like you've anchored your podcast work around that, those parents, yeah. right? Like that. 
students have that opportunity to kind of engage in that thought conversation connection drawing but to do it through the medium of talking about it exactly and if i can jump ahead a little bit because one of the things we realized is even with those pairings and the, the the traditional canon as we started really digging into what are the possibilities that are made available by new technologies how can we even turn this podcast assignment and and how the these future teachers are thinking about texts and how to teach, how can we turn that on its head even further to the point where this past year we didn't do a pairing, but where we did the variety was we did we picked one text, one canonical text, we did Macbeth, but we did it in different modalities. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so we did we had them we all collectively together watched the new the Apple TV Denzel Washington Denzel Washington okay. Macbeth. Uh, yeah Macbeth. That was that first it was early on, yeah. Okay, we did. We have that. That was one one modality was obviously video, so a multimodal experience. We had them read the graphic novel by Gareth Hines version of Macbeth, and then yes, we had them read the traditional text. And we use myshakespeare dot com. Yeah, these are, things are all in the public domain. Mm-hmm. So there are scholars and web programmers and designers who have taken five or six of the plays yeah. and put them all online. But they've used the power of the internet. Very simple things that we take for granted these days, but you can click a button and look at a passage of text from the play, and it will translate it from the original text into spoken everyday spoken language, right? Or you can look at the text in its original Shakespearean, and as you move your cursor over, it will pop up little definitions to show what what this particular word means. Or you see the different possibilities yeah. or as they're reading online, they could go, mm, I'm not thinking for this. And they, there's a little play button. You can hit play and you can have someone read it to you. Mm, so mm-hmm. you've got some of those universal yeah. design for learning. Mm-hmm. Aspects mm-hmm. Coming and yeah. it's all built in there from the ground up. And so we think about, you know, when we're teaching the course, we talk to our students about, you know, consuming these oral texts like podcasts and audiobooks, but then also producing. And so that power of, you know, we see reading and writing um, together. We see, you know, listening and speaking. Uh, you know, those are the strands of the English language arts standards. Um, so we need to be addressing all of those things and, you know, and, and consuming and producing ways, you know, that asking ourselves not only what are we doing as the teacher, but what are the kids doing as the students? You know, are they just passively consuming something or are you challenging them to produce? Mm-hmm. And so we have them like listen to old episodes as well as, as from, models. From your from, own from podcast. The, yeah. 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 So you, yeah, we've even done, I think it's hilarious. I don't know if the students think it's hilarious, but we've gone back and recut and re-edit old episodes where we'll listen to four or five minutes and then go pause and then we will come in as Matthew and Pauline today and go, okay, what was really great about that? What was not so great about that? And we, But we've done it for our students now so they can go back and listen to it. Right? I love that too because you, you're putting yourselves as instructors mm-hmm. on the floor to mm-hmm. say like, yeah, no, we, maybe we weren't as good back then as we thought we were. There's a process and an evolution here. Mm-hmm. And oh, we really, definitely point that out. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> it humanizes your work but also mm-hmm. it was very relatable to – I love that. We have so we have the podcast series. The podcast series itself is called Notorious Pedagogues. That what we've named ourselves after RBG. But other than we realized after the podcast episodes for the class, we go quiet for the fall and for the summer or for the spring. Right, like yeah. when we're not. So we've tried our best to be better about having like ongoing podcast episodes. And I would say a majority of them are us going, all right, so here's what we didn't do well in our teaching, and here's how we're thinking about doing it differently. We're trying to model for our students this 
the teaching process. This is one of the blessings of co-teaching. You get to be alongside someone. You can pre-game and post-game. And even in the middle of class, we've been known to don't tell to text each other and say what is I, happening. What is happening? This <laughs> discussion is going not We're well. We're off the rails. <laughs> yeah, but we do it in the podcast so that we other teachers, our previous students, can listen to us and go, "Wow." We're, they're still figuring it out. Yeah, we did a short mini-series of going online. Um, I remember that. Yeah. I think I made a – there was a reference to me in there, I think, at one point. <laughs> I think there probably was. <laughs> there probably was. And we had kids, yeah, we had Maria come and do an yep. episode. Um, little did we know, we should go back and listen to that and do a post-game like, how did we do? We f- and, and we've also done, like, updates on why we've been so quiet. We've been doing final edits on our book project. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so we do occasionally updates. But I would say 80% of our episodes are is from the, class. Th- is from the course, yeah. Yeah. which is exciting because it is, I mean, the teacher-scholar model here is an overlap of your teaching, your research, your scholarship, and your service. And I feel like it all, it gels so nicely for us. So I'm going to skip ahead a little bit here in the questions because this kind of flows nicely with what we were just talking about. But what kind of feedback have you received from your students so far about the assignment? I mean, I think that they some of the feedback we've gotten, well, the first iteration was that they had fun with it, but then mm-hmm. we kind of processed our own feedback. Like you can't put, you know, the, the bar episode onto your teaching portfolio. Wrong. <laughs> um, you know, like maybe, you know, thinking about that. But I feel like... They realize how much work goes into yeah. it. So do you have any suggestions or tips for other faculty that might be interested in exploring a similar type of assignment or just podcasting with students? Yeah. Um, I, well, number one is, and this is sort of where we're in, I'm in the space with the doctoral students again, right, every, every term. And they're looking at their big, massive topic and going, what do I do? And the same thing I would say to faculty who are interested in or instructors or secondary teachers who want to do this. You start with one bite. Right, you take one bite at a time, one step at a time. So you go, ooh, what's this new newfangled podcasty thing? Or, oh, I listen to podcasts in my life. What might this look like in my classroom? The first thing I would do is consider that you can use a podcast or a podcast episode or a series as a kind of text. Right? We think of text as, again, like a books or articles or PDFs that we give students. Maybe a first step is let's look at almost like a mentor to in the, in the English language in, um, uh, ELA, English Language Arts Teaching, we would call it a mentor text, almost doing it as a mentor text. I can see s- folks from the sciences looking at something from Radio Lab, right, or um, political science doing something with um, the one on the Supreme Court, or like picking one or two of those as mentor text and starting there, having students listen. Number one, see how that goes with students, uh, like as a meta moment, like how do we, how is this experience? Did, where did you listen? Did you listen in the car on the way to work? Did you listen right before as we as I was coming in? Right? How, what was this experience like? Get and then that can sort of give the um, the, to the teacher and the instructor this sort of feel for where are students right. And so when the students go, I listen to podcasts all the time. I'm a commuter student. I listen to podcasts all the time. This was like I just added it to my list of things I had to do. I would love if we did this more. Okay, that's interesting for the instructor because once they know there's a little bit of interest, then they can look at how could I do one of those other steps, right? I think so. Yeah, I think for us, because we approached Macbeth a little bit differently this semester, um, it was almost as if we jigsawed it. So I would say for the faculty member, think about what the goal is. 
You know, is it to share content? Is it for students to highlight their own interests? Or is it to put puzzle pieces together for a large piece of content, right? Which is what we did, like each act, you know, we had pre-reading and then acts one through five. Um, So what's the goal, right? Because I think that's what our mistake was in the first iteration is that we didn't didn't see the goal at the end that they were going to put this on their teaching portfolios. And so when they pick their topics, we're like, all right, we're not interested in, you know, where you can drink under 21, but go ahead if that's interesting to you. Um, But then, like I said, we realized after the fact, like, oh, no. What is one resource or teaching tip you would like to share with everyone? I'll, I'll give two. One is a tech, right? One is a tech, and that's the platform we use, Anchor, anchor.fm. It's a great, it's a web site. It's an app. It's part of Spotify. I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. It's still free. Um, I don't honestly use it for editing, but I use it as our repository. We're doing the same thing. Yeah. And it's just so nice. Like they should, you hear that anchor, you should give us some sponsorship or something, because it's just so easy. They've just figured out the formula for how to do it. Right. That's my one tech. My other is if you can't, and then my, the personal tip is if you can't co-teach, you need to build relationships with your colleagues um, where you can have good, critical, heartfelt conversations about your teaching um, to help process what you're doing, to get to, to help process what's happening with your students. It's it's invaluable to our practice. We've grown as teachers um, in just being able to process and reflect on our practice. Yeah, we wouldn't we wouldn't have written the book if mm-hmm. we weren't teaching together and working together. Yeah, and when I to our to, to our students. I, at least every class I say, when one of, they'll ask a question like, what do I do about fill in the blank? It could be a behavior issue. It could be when the internet's down or what, I don't like, but I always end up a- answering like, go to your like teacher friends, your teacher family, and they're the ones who are going to help you figure out, right, mm-hmm. how to process and what to do. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would say that's my teaching tip is to find your community, you know, whether it is an actual co-teaching partner. Um, you know, for me, it's, the state conference, Pictella, it's the national NCTE, uh, those members across the country. I mean, some of them form like Facebook groups and that sort of thing. And that's where we, you know, across boundaries really ask difficult questions. So for me, if you're thinking about podcasting and one of the tips that I've heard and I have shared before is that idea of you can go ahead and basically audio record yourself reading some of the texts you might use in the course and just injecting a little bit of commentary is sufficient to typically address the copyright concerns that might arise. Mm-hmm. And then you make that audio recording available for students as another form for them to engage mm-hmm. the text rather than reading for those students that are commuting. So just to recap, today we got to speak with Pauline and Matthew about their student podcasting assignment. We learned how they worked together to revise the assignment and how they became hosts of their own podcast, Notorious Pedagogues. Pauline and Matthew shared some tips for fellow faculty that may want to try out podcasting with their own students, including utilizing available resources. Thanks for listening today. Thank you, Pauline and Matthew, for being here. We really appreciate talking with you about your podcast. And if you have any interest in being a future guest or if you have any suggestions for a future topic, please email us at distanced at wcupa.edu. Thank you both. We appreciate it. You're welcome.